Smartcast. You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. So, next question is like uh, Warren Buffett, who has been, you know, uh, critical of investing in gold. So, has uh, uh, recently put money into uh, gold mining companies. So, which has actually uh, surprised many. So, I want to throw this uh, question open to the panelists. So, this basically shows that it's difficult to ignore gold now. So, uh, maybe we can start with uh, you, Firoz. Uh, why you think gold is important in an investor's portfolio now? Yeah. Uh, before I take that one, I'd like to add something what Gaurav said on the rupee depreciation bit. Uh, rupee depreciation uh, operates on the principle of a very strong concept of interest rate parity. The currency of that of a country has to depreciate to the extent of the interest rate differential, and that's a, a very, very, a very, very prominent theory. And there could be pockets of one, two, three years of no depreciation, but it will, in the long run, uh, the currency will be allowed to be depreciated, and it will. Uh, on the concept of interest rate uh, parity. And that's how the forward market of the currency also operates. Uh, so earlier it was 5-6%. Now it's 3.5%. That's the rupee depreciation expectation on the basis of the differential interest rate on a three-year GSEC maybe uh, and the Fed rate of three years corresponding. Uh, coming back to importance of gold in a portfolio, uh, our belief is that... Uh, Gold as 10%, uh, any asset with 10% will not be able to hedge 50% of your equity. Uh, at worst or at best, if the correlation is exactly opposite, minus 1, then 10 can hedge 10. Okay, uh, so uh, point I'm trying to make is for a couple of ultra HNIs, uh, we change the currency of the portfolio to gold. Okay, that's if, if you are really interested in using gold as a hedge, then like INR is a currency, USD is a currency, gold can be converted into a currency in which your portfolio operates. You can invest in equity and change the currency to gold. How do you do How that? Do you do this is a, I'm just creating curiosity uh, amongst the viewers. So using gold as a currency is possible. Uh, if somebody has got an X amount of money, uh, instead of INR, he can continue to invest in equities, bonds, everywhere. All his 100 can be invested, but his currency could be gold. Then what Gaurav Saab said, uh, then, then gold can act as a very, very good uh, absorbent of this volatility which the portfolio has. Uh, the risk of gold, the volatility of gold, uh, standard deviation, which is the measure, is about 12 Uh 12 standard deviation. It can swing 12% this way, that way. Uh, that's the standard deviation, three-year standard deviation of gold. If you use it as a currency, you can have a portfolio which, which where the gold absorbs the risk of equity. Uh, but 10% allocation will not do the trick of hedging 50-60% if that's your equity allocation. That's a very interesting point, Firoz. Um, but what you're suggesting is essentially for h and um, I'm assuming you mean some kind of complicated forward contract. Um, what 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 does the ordinary Indian retail investor do? See, uh, okay, well, a retail investor can uh, can very easily do it actually, uh, but will require some explanation. But for the lack of time and not wanting to uh, uh, push it longer, 
you can let's assume you have a 10 lakh rupee portfolio 5 lakh rupee portfolio you invest in equities okay parallelly go long on mcx to the extent of uh, mcx gold go long keep a margin of your debt funds so step 1 invest your 5 lakhs wherever you're investing you have enough margin to go long on gold in the mcx futures the rollover cost will be 3% so basically if you buy equity and go long on gold in mcx for a retail client it is possible but the nuances of that will require some degree of homework and understanding uh, so the the return you make on your debt side will take care of your rollover cost in mcx so it's it's marginally complex but if you're serious of bringing down risk on your portfolio using gold as an asset then this is worth a learning curve to begin it has to begin somewhere is why i'm broaching that topic thanks that's a, a quite a complicated strategy but i uh, so maybe chirag uh, why you think uh, uh, gold is important as an uh, asset class uh, for investors i think gold is like the third leg of the stool which is very very essential to bring that stability to the portfolio right uh, many times most of the times when other assets like risk assets especially equities have not done well gold has done well right so that's a proven thing that it helps you minimize the losses so uh, you don't want to perfectly hedge any loss that you get it from other asset class you at least can minimize those losses to an extent that you can bear it right so uh, gold helps you do exactly that we did some study over the long term and we saw that adding gold to the tune of 10 to 15% on a portfolio level over the long term it not only augments your returns increases your returns but also reduces risk significantly uh, beyond 15% also it reduces your risk but it kinds of uh, as you have as you know about the marginal utility of adding something you know beyond a point it kind of diminishes or reduces so that's what happens up to the 15% level and therefore uh, a 15% is an optimal level where you don't over the long term compromise on returns of the portfolio but at the same time reduce your risks considerably so uh, have an allocation to gold and i think uh, don't go overboard have a 15% allocation and uh, i think it will help you tide over long time periods and uh, help you uh, absorb that volatility you get from equities so it's like a portfolio insurance in some way uh you buy it uh, and and like 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 for any other insurance uh you don't question it when you return home safely similarly is for gold it will you will not regret having an allocation to gold especially in times like uh, we've seen today in like covid or be 2008 crisis any other crisis it help you tide those levels through those times so mr somasundram your views on gold as a asset class in the portfolio why it is important see we have uh... we have always uh, proven that uh, any portfolio with gold has performed better in terms of managing volatility and in terms of return as well in the long term because gold acts as an insurance and that's the point it is not about a return uh, on a year to year year basis but when you need it it just performs so we have uh, analyzed portfolios and 5 to 15% as chirag rightly said does improve the portfolio strength uh that has been proven with our uh, and, uh, lots of studies that we have done we have in fact proven its specific reference to the indian uh, pension funds as well a allocation of 6 between 6 and 17% we back tested it would have given a much high better return on those portfolios than one without gold 
so and that's uh, coming out clearly and this is a long term study so clearly uh, gold is a good portfolio diversifier it is as uh, you know chirag mentioned it's an insurance uh, you don't uh, you know in in a sense if, if gold is there and it's not performing which means other asset classes are doing well the 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 function of gold comes in when you everything else around you seems to go haywire because it is related to as you said fiat currency markets you know all of which you can't control this is real money and it performs when you need it most so as a portfolio diversifier absolutely that is the main function and you look at why central banks buy it it's also being used exactly for the same reason you know so uh, uh, so it it has a very strong logic to have gold as a part of every portfolio okay gaurav uh, would you like to give your views on the same no i, I think uh, i think people have made really really strong points um, i think uh, firoz makes a very strong point i think but i think the 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 differentiation between you know because it might seem like what firoz is saying and what what the other panelists are saying is is different but i i just want to kind of say what bridges the gap what firoz is talking about is if you do if you want to create a portfolio that does does not have a drawdown of more than 10% ever right so he's looking at that kind of a scenario where preserving wealth is very important for you and you are like saying you know what doesn't matter i don't want to draw down or i don't want to lose more than you know whatever 10% or whatever the threshold is or a, or a low threshold of portfolio ever then denominating your portfolio in gold is a very good idea and if i if i'm not wrong i think paulson had launched a hedge fund denominated in gold way back in 2009 2010 of course after 2013 the fund didn't do well at all because of what gold prices did but so now uh, coming back to you know if you do think about 15% gold allocation right and and say you have 70% equity 15% uh, debt and 15% in gold and your equity falls 50% and gold goes up 50% instead of a 100% equity portfolio which would have gone down 50% now you have a 70 15 15 portfolio which will go down closer to 25 26% which is a lot more palatable for a everyday investor without getting into the you know the, the complexities that firoz mentions right you know not everyone people should learn that i'm i'm not denying that but it, it's hard and i i think he also understands that it's hard right mm-hmm. forward trading and rolling your futures is it's not something that um every investor can you know pick up easily and start doing it right especially uh, uh for a lot of the retail clients that that we cater to so i think the, the difference is that the difference is that i mean do you believe that a 20 to 25% drawdown is more palatable than a 40 to 50% drawdown and we definitely believe it is um and if by having a 15% equity portfolio you survive the 2008 2009 kind of a crash and you're still investing in 2010 and you're still investing in 2011 then you know gold has kind of served its purpose because with retail investing the biggest problem is that you get a 40% drawdown and you stop investing in equities altogether it's not a problem that happens in the hni ultra hni segment right i mean they they have they have they have too much money right if they lose a little bit they still have too much money <laughs> uh you know uh, uh 60% of a lot of money is still a lot of money so that's what i'm trying to say but for a lot of retail investors that that 40 to 40% drawdown they will just stop investing and what they're losing out is on a lifetime of compounding so in a way um having a, a an asset that kind of balances that risk is, is totally worth it but again you know people will kind of look at it from different point of views in a bull market everyone is focused on return maximization You, you try and bring this argument out, and most people will be like, "I don't care." You know, the, the equity market is going up every every month. Nasdaq is going bonkers. Why should I want gold in my portfolio? And but when things turn, suddenly people start saying, "Oh, yeah, I should have bought gold one year ago." Right? And uh, 
and I, that that's part of the psychology and, and nature but if you look at the math then yes um, even a 15 20% goal allocation will make a difference in the kind of in the severity of the losses you will go through when a crash happens so we certainly need a gold as a diversifier in portfolio the allocation may differ from investor to investor thanks for that so neil maybe we can skip the next question and move on to instruments of uh, investing in gold because we are short of time so i would like to take up uh, no, actually renu before we before we get to that uh, let's do a fun poll uh that okay, everybody sure. on this panel how much of your personal portfolio do you invest in gold and how do you invest in gold so i'll start with myself i put as much as 30% in gold i am a massive gold bull and uh, i invest through etfs so uh, renu and then we can take the panelists so mine would be around uh, 10% and i have uh, invested in uh, you know sovereign gold bonds so uh uh, uh yeah, can we start with yeah. oh maybe chirag yeah yeah i would have roughly around 10% allocation to gold and it's largely through etfs and the gold saving funds i would have uh, about 10% but i invest in almost all classes there is some physical uh, etfs sovereign gold bonds uh, so i i do have uh, all the um i would say slightly north of 15% a large chunk of it though is through family gold so one thing that we always say is that um don't just think of gold as a financial instrument if you have family gold start tracking it as part of your wealth because that also diversifies you know in 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 bad times that which is essentially why indians used to buy gold or you know a lot of people used to buy gold was because that family gold diversified you in really hard times right so so uh, do track your family gold um, we i do a gold sip as well uh, which is uh, about i think 5 to 6% of my sip um, and that's in digital gold yeah uh, my current uh, location to gold is zero uh, it has gone up to as high as 50% in sovereign gold bonds and uh, i would borrow and invest in equity uh so to hedge my portfolio so so as of now zero so you exited the sgbs yeah, yeah i've exited the sgbs so you you invest in the sovereign gold bond you have a 2.5% interest you borrow on that and invest in equity so if equities crash your sovereign gold bonds go up that's another way of using changing the currency uh of so so as of now zero to keep the answer simple so i feel like i'm the bullish most bullish person in the room on gold um but great um so let's get to the next question on um what is the best way to invest um so uh you know the most popular product right now is i arguably sgbs um firoz could you summarize you know uh, what they are and if there are any pitfalls with them what's wrong with the design uh so there there not too many pitfalls uh, sovereign gold bond is the best uh investor vehicle uh, but a very inefficient trader vehicle so if you have periods of holding it till maturity then it's one of the best because you get the capital gain tax benefit being at zero only if held till maturity uh so so point 1 2.5% interest if you assume 12% as the return you're going to make per annum hopefully then you save yourself a 20% tax there so 5% alpha over other instruments is right there as a sitting duck for you to grab so it's a very big advantage 2 and 1/2 of interest and 2 and 1/2% of potential tax saving per annum uh that's very good 
The pitfall is if you sell it before maturity, you don't get the tax benefit. Uh, and it's not a very efficient method uh, to do short-term trading. Uh, in the sense, if you wish to hold it for a year, you may have larger discounts uh, when you wish to sell it in the secondary market. Otherwise, it is it may it has the capacity to make most other instruments redundant uh, for long-term portfolio investing rather than trading alone. Chirag, uh, would you we, agree with Chirag, that? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Chirag has in the past when we have spoken, he has suggested certain changes in uh, you know uh, the structure of uh, sovereign gold bonds and which uh, how they can be made better. So Chirag, any uh, points? Yeah, so as Feroz said, the issue, the biggest issue with sovereign gold bonds is the liquidity. And second is non-availability on tap, right? So uh, those are the two things that, uh, like if I want to invest today, uh, do I have to wait for, uh, do I get to invest today or I have to wait for a tranche to come out? So that that's the uh, issue with sovereign gold bonds. But uh, within the instruments, I think uh, there is a jury out there by the investors uh, because if you see, in, Indian investors want that physical backing of gold. So uh, therefore, you see, uh, we haven't seen entire uh, assets from gold ETFs or gold funds move out into sovereign gold bonds to get that extra 2.5% interest. Uh, so, uh, gold ETFs, if you see, uh, do you do have to pay tax. But uh, if you see, uh, you get an indexation benefit after three years. So overall, if you add that indexation benefit, though it looks like 20% with indexation, the tax comes down to about 10% and not 20%. So that is another, uh, uh, so it's not a very high tax as compared to what it looks on the headline. Uh, so uh, I think uh, people kind of uh, are moving towards investing products of gold, but at the same time want that comfort that whether there is a physical backing to it or not, whether gold is real gold or not. Yeah. Yeah, because whenever you're buying a sovereign gold bond, uh, you're changing the characteristics of gold to an extent. Gold is no one else's liability. Though here it's a sovereign guarantee, a sovereign liability, but it still changes form from no one else's liability to a sovereign liability. So therefore, I think uh, it kind of still appeals to many of the uh, people's psyche that, uh, yes, I want that physical backing and therefore choose products which are efficient, but at the same time uh, are backed by physical gold. So, uh, so I think uh, gold ETFs have its own uh, set of audiences whom it appeals to. Great. Uh, so, uh, uh, Mr. Somasundra, what are your views? Which is the uh, best way of investing in gold? Well, the most, uh, I find uh, jewelry buyers to be most uh, at peace, whether the price goes up or goes down, you know, because they look at it as a piece of jewelry, but they know when the time comes, they can use it. So I think uh, they don't do mark to market on a daily basis. But if there is a requirement for money, they go to the you know NBFC or a bank and they draw a loan. They may even sell it. So um, it's very, uh, as I'd say, if you are an investor and it all depends on your time frame, again, long term, short term. If you're long term, obviously, uh, a sovereign gold bond, although it's not really a gold in, uh, in an investment, it is linked to gold. It's not a real gold. At the end of the day, there is still a promise to pay. So, you know, if you look at it in one level, you really don't have physical gold there. Okay. So, uh, but if you're really looking at gold in the sense that, you know, I want to keep something as an insurance, I think, uh, you know, physical gold, particularly bars and coins, it will, will uh, definitely count in your portfolio. Uh, but uh, if you're an investor with uh, a three-year, four-year time frame, 
Yeah, sovereign gold bond is good. Digital gold is good. Uh, ETFs, uh, very good, uh, uh, you know, form of investment. Uh, so that's that's what is available today in India. But there is also this gold monetization scheme which has come in. In a sense, you know, if you have really gold, you can go in and you know deposit in a bank and you can still earn a two and a half percent interest. It's very similar to uh, sovereign gold bond. But here you're going to get your gold back, physical gold back at the end of three years of seven years. So that's also a good product. Uh, so uh, moving on to Gaurav. So uh, Gaurav, you also mentioned that you uh, invest a lot, uh, most of your uh, gold in uh, digital gold. So that is also one form of gold, which is, you know, has uh, in, uh, seen a lot of uh, investor interest, given the fact that buying physical gold was not possible. So uh, would you just uh, tell our viewers what uh, are the benefits of investing in digital gold? Digital gold, I mean, you can think of it as a, as a hybrid gold product, right? So it's backed by actual gold, it's backed by physical gold, but it's for people uh, who know they're not, not going to be wearing uh, gold jewelry, uh, probably don't even like gold jewelry, um, and uh, don't want to get in the whole hassle of, you know, keeping a locker. So um, it, that, that's the, so it's, it's uh, uh, think of it like a, a physical product. Physical gold has been something that's been very dear to Indians for a very long time. Digital gold is a way for you to own uh, physical gold without the responsibility of keeping it safe or having a locker and you know kind of like the making charges of converting into jewelry that you also get all the price appreciations of gold or, or depreciation depending on which way the market moves you get all the price returns of gold and the hedging benefits of gold to your portfolio is is an added bonus so in a way that's why we think of it as more of an hybrid product it has some advantages and some disadvantages like most gold products have it matches the price of gold one is to one of course, doesn't pay any interest. Um, like physical gold, if you buy digital gold, you have to pay GST, but there is no expense ratio on holding it. It also tracks the gold much better than uh, most gold mutual funds or gold ETFs will do. If you if you'll just look at gold mutual funds or gold ETF returns, you will see a spread between all the gold mutual funds and gold ETFs. The spread can be up to you know four five percent in a year. Uh, uh, just the spread between the gold mutual funds returns. So if you have seven gold mutual funds in the country or seven gold ETFs in the country and you look at one year returns for them, uh, with digital gold, it's, it's, it's a literal one is to one mapping. You bought, uh, there's a bid offer and there's a GST. Uh, but, uh, but having said that, I mean, I, I'll go back to what Firoz also said. If you plan to hold it for eight years and, you know, you can wait one month for the next tranche to come, uh, a 2.5% top up is, is just very hard to beat for any other instrument. So uh, one more question, uh, Mr. Song, uh, maybe you can answer this. There has been certain uh, concerns about, you know, uh, uh, the regulatory aspects of digital gold. So would you uh, put some light on it? So should uh, those investors be worried when they are investing in uh, digital gold? See, the current form of digital gold, it is allocated gold. By allocated gold, what we mean is when you buy instantly, there is a gold which is set aside. It is not a promise to give you back. And it is, uh, at least in uh, the cases that we see now, it is held by an independent custodian. So the same person who sells, who gives the platform, doesn't hold the gold. It is held by an independent custodian. And in many cases, they even have a trustee to have the entire settlement process, uh, you know, oversight and things like that. So it operates, uh, 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 you know, like, uh, you know, any other fund, you know, which is uh, regulated, but it has no regulator. 
So we uh, we did bring about a year, uh, two years ago, we did bring an internet investment guidance for both buyers and for providers. And we are we will be coming out with uh, uh, code uh, shortly uh, in the market. But as of now, there is no regulation. It is just a sale of gold. And the person who sells says that, look, I'm holding your gold in a separate vault, uh, independent vault, and there is a trustee. So this has to obviously come into a regulatory framework. Otherwise, you may find as the uh, uh, popularity of this grows, you may find fly-by-net operators. The current operators are very, very uh, reputed. They, they do have uh, strong systems. But whether this will continue without a regulatory framework is a cause of concern. But I wouldn't be concerned about the current operators. Uh, uh, Neil, uh, would you like to ask the next question? I think we'll have to uh, wrap the discussion. Uh, yeah, actually, we're, we're running out of time. So um, I think at this point, if we can just give their concluding thoughts uh, on the gold investment scenario in India. So, uh, Chirag, if we can start with you. Yeah, so... Uh, I think investors should invest in gold, uh, have an allocation of 15%. And I think uh, what we say to investors usually is invest today in gold and pray hard that it falls, it crashes by half the very next day. Why? Because then the 85% of your money will be doing well, right? And if, if that 85% is not doing well, you better have that 15%. So that is what we tell investors to so have an allocation to gold at all times. It is a must in every portfolio. Don't go overboard, but have an allocation. Shurag, I can't pray for that. I've got 30% in gold. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe 70% will do well for you. So proportions <laughs> are different, but still. 70% in Tesla and 30% in gold, right? <laughs> I wish, I wish. Uh, all right, Firoz, can we come to you? Yeah, uh, uh, step one, decide whether you're going to be investing or trading in it. Have fair expectations. If you're investing, go to the listed space. Buy sovereign gold bond at a discount. Don't wait for that one month window. Uh, you have them at discount 3-4% uh, quite a few times. And there are different series. So point one, have an allocation. Perfect. But think about if you're really serious about reducing risk using gold, there is some more homework which is to be done, uh, I believe. And then use uh, sovereign gold bonds. Uh, in the secondary market, they are available at 2% discount, sometimes even 3% discount. The illiquidity could be your advantage rather than a disadvantage. Like Chirag mentioned, they're illiquid. They are illiquid. But uh, that's a bad news for the seller, but a good news for the buyer anyway. So be the buyer in the secondary market. And I, I completely subscribe to what Gaurav said, uh, Chirag said, and Sir said, Sundaram Sir said, uh, that uh, some allocation is definitely needed as a beginning. Uh, and the drawdowns become more reasonable uh, and palatable for a person to see at a portfolio level. Soam, can we come to you on this? Yeah, uh... I think, see, uh, Indians anyway love gold. Um, and jewelry has been our main uh, purchase vehicle so far. Uh, we should look at uh, investment gold uh, because you can, when you don't need jewelry, it is always preferable to have it in the form of, as I said, a digital, uh, physical gold, but in digital uh, platform or even a sovereign gold bond so that you have locked in the price um, or a bar or a coin. It is important that we just don't think of investment only uh, as jewelry. We should definitely open up other forms of investment in gold and move into jewelry when we need it. We can always exchange it for a jewelry at a later time. For instance, digital gold, you can buy it as and when you want on micro savings basis 
and use that accumulation to uh, make a jewelry at a later time when you really need it. So it is important uh, to look at uh, this. And also, uh, in policy terms, I think we should open it up. These investments, uh, the more they are available through banking channels, you will find that you uh, uh, are able to have better trust in the uh, in the forms that you invest. Sure, Gaurav. I think I think everything that needs to be said has been very very eloquently put by uh, by this panel. I don't think I have much to add. I'll just close with what J.P. Morgan would always say, right? Um, that gold and silver are money. Everything else is credit. And I mean, not much has changed since. Even though we don't, we are not on a gold standard. Um, everything else is a promise from either a government or, or you know, or a system. So that 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 has been with us through at least the past two thousand years, and, and let's see how long it continues. Yeah, something to keep in mind. Renu. Yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, Neil, I would like to thank uh, all my panel, all our panelists, and it was uh, indeed a very nice discussion to have. You know, uh, the views of both the sides and I would uh, like to thank you all for joining us, taking us the time and answering to our queries and as well as our, our readers. Thank you. Thanks everyone for joining. Thanks everyone. Thanks, Renu. Thanks, Neil. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.